What up, what up, what up? <clears throat> All right, so we're back. And on this particular episode, we're going to talk a little bit about a lot of stuff, current events. But Juneteenth. Juneteenth. So this was a holiday that just passed, right? It's just been made an official holiday. But what exactly is Juneteenth? Juneteenth. It's commemorating the emancipation of African-American slaves. It is also often observed for celebrating African-American culture. And what they say is it originated in Gaveston, Texas, and it's usually celebrated on June 19th. The Democrats have made it officially a holiday, a federal holiday. But even though that's cool, it's not reparations. Basically what it is is symbolism, again, which is what the Democrats have done a lot of lately. Um, there's no teeth. There's no, it's not a tangible, which is what a lot of the well, I'll say blacks in the woke community are talking about, right? We're looking for symbol, I mean, not symbolism, but we're looking for tangibles. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But um, President Biden signed this as a federal holiday, which is cool. I'm not mad I'm for it, but it doesn't really do anything for black people, right? Is black people are still in the same condition. Um, but yeah, so this just happened not too long ago. Uh, Biden called it one of his greatest honors of his presidency by signing this particular bill. Um, and he signed it two days before Juneteenth itself. And 
Vice President Kamala Harris. She said, we have come far and we have far to go, but today is a day of celebration. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Biden said, great nations don't ignore their most pa painful moments. Biden told the East Room crowd. Okay. And I'm reading an article right now. I just picked it up real quick. Uh, this is some for MSNBC, which is more more of a liberal, um, a liberal place, a liberal platform. In short, this day doesn't just celebrate the past; it calls for action today. Biden said. Yeah. I think we should have action, but making it a holiday doesn't change anything. And so, a lot of people just like, cool, but it doesn't do anything. And that's what I say too. At least that's what a lot of us say in the woke community. But, yeah, man. And this is the the first new one created since Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, Juneteenth National Independence Day will become the twelfth legal public holiday. Okay. Mm hmm. And from my understanding, there actually were still people that were slaves from what I've been hearing from some scholars in a way. But anyway, federal holiday just passed. Juneteenth is a national holiday now. So that's something to be aware of. All right. So what else is going on in current events? Um, let's see. Uh, a condo collapsed in Miami. Okay. Something I'm reading on the Miami Herald. Um, it says four more bodies discovered in Chaplin condo collapse. Total now is nine dead, 156 missing. I wonder who owns the condo, but yeah, man. So from my understanding, we got a lot of infrastructure problems in the United States right now. And I think, Joe, I think President Joe Biden just passed the infrastructure bill or they think they had a vote. So I got to go look it up again. But in Miami, a condo collapse, 156 are missing and the total now is nine dead. Uh, rescuers have recovered another four bodies in the wreckage of Chaplin Towers South Condominium collapse, bringing the total to nine dead. 156 still missing since the Surfside building collapsed earlier Thursday. The latest victims were discovered along with additional 
human remains in a 125 foot long trench dug into the rubble to add rescue and recovery teams. The newest tactic in the round the clock excavation of an unstable, sometimes shifting mountain of debris. We're making every effort to identify those that have been recovered. Miami-Dade Mayor uh, Daniela Levine-Cava uh, said in a Sunday morning press conference. Mm hmm. Okay. So this was a big building, though. Uh, and that is a lot of people. So, what happened, man? Like, did nobody, did not nobody know that the building was on the verge of collapsing? Don't they have checks on these type of things? Um, let me see. Wow, wow, wow. All right, so, yeah, man. And it's probably going to be, this is a disaster, really, man. It's crazy that this was able to happen in America. But it happened. It is what it is. But hold on, I heard about something else. Let me see, can I find it? Yeah, okay, so here we go. Looks like... The pedestrian bridge or bridge collapse in Washington, D.C. Um, D.C. 295 pedestrian bridge. Wow. It's a lot of stuff uh, crashing and breaking up, it seems. The pedestrian bridge crashed down into traffic on DC 295 Northeast Washington, DC, after a crash Wednesday, leaving at least five people injured and trapping a truck that leaked diesel fuel into drains. The most recent inspection determined the bridge was in poor condition. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so more infrastructure that has collapsed. That's crazy, man. And this is all this is recent, people. All this is current. But looks like nobody died in this particular incident with the bridge collapsing, which is cool, you know. Five people who were in cars nearby were taken to ho to hospitals with injuries. 
The injuries are not considered life-threatening. DC Fire and EMS also said two people were evaluated but not taken to hospitals. DC city leaders, including ANC Commissioner Kathy Henderson and Council Member Vincent Gray, have called for an investigation to fully understand why the bridge collapse are being struck. It's imperative that we understand how this disaster occurred and implement all the precautions to ensure that something like this never happens again, Gray said. Lives could have been lost. The bridge received a four or poor rating after it was inspected in February. And it has declined on a national scale that rates bridges from zero to nine from April 2019, when the bridge had been given a five or fair. Wow, so they really got people driving on bridges that are so messed up, it seems. Okay. Um, all I can say is wow, man. So many infrastructure problems in America, it would seem. But anyway, all right, so what else we have? Uh, let's go with Derek Shaven. Um, they just had his uh, sentencing. I believe it was on, uh, yeah, on one case. And they gave him 22 and a half years in prison for Floyd murder. But only 15 of that he has to serve. So he could be out after 15 years. So it's almost like, at least this is what somebody told me, it's like, them saying that a black life is only worth 15 years. <laughs> I'm not going to get into it, but uh, yeah, not cool. Um, let me see. I just found a, an article on Bloomberg. It says Derek Chafin was sentenced Friday to 22 years and six months in prison for murdering George Floyd, a videotape killing that triggered the most profound racial upheaval in the U.S. since the civil rights era. The punishment ended one chapter of a reckoning that spread from questions of official force to broad reappraisal. By the way, nothing has been passed on um, changing the criminal system or uh, defunding police. Like, nothing's been passed, right? And I think they got some type of bill that supposed to be named after George Floyd, but I haven't heard anything passing yet. But I uh, just want to make people aware of that. But um, the punishment ended one chapter of reckoning. Oh, okay. Broad reappraisal of discrimination inherited in American institutions more than a year after the killing. Most matters of race have taken center stage as the nation emerges from protests and pandemic. A jury in April convicted Shaving in the death of Floyd, a 46-year-old black man and father, 
on May 25th, 2020. Shaving notes. Uh oh. Sorry about that. I got an alarm going off. Okay, let me get back to that. Um, Nilt on Floyd's neck for nine minutes and 29 seconds after detaining him on suspicion of passing a counterfeit bill. Floyd begged for, for mercy as his air supply dwindled. Images of the incident, which followed years after high-profile police killings of black men and women, spread swiftly across the internet and television screens. Ultimately, they led to the rare conviction of police officers for excessive force. Under Minnesota law, Chafin, 45, faced up to four decades in prison. The prosecution team has requested Chafin receive 30 years behind bars in a June 2nd memo, saying that his actions shot the nation's conscience and that such a sentence would account for the profound impact on Floyd's family and community. Judge Peter Cahill issued a 26-page sentencing order in which he explained the punishment. He said it was it written in dry legalism because it was based on not sympathy or emotion, but at the same time, I want to acknowledge the deep and tremendous pain all families are feeling, especially the Floyd family. Okay. Um, and they actually let, I think it was Chafin's mother speak which I have heard, I haven't never seen that done before, you know, the person that um, found guilty. But um, President Biden told reporters at the White House that the Senate seems to be appropriate. Um, there's a lot of people that don't believe that the sentencing was appropriate because he's basically only got 15 years. I know they said 22, but it's only 15 that he actually has to serve from my understanding. Um, Cahill has signaled that Chafin could receive a longer sentence than recommended by state guidelines. After the conviction, Cahill said in a May 12th order that Chafin had abused a position of trust and authority and treated Floyd with particular cruelty A 17-year-old, a 17-year-old made the video that turned the death into a cause, and she was awarded a special Pierser Prize this year for her citizen journalism. <laughs> okay, that's what we're calling it, citizen journalism. Okay, um, Cahill said that Chafin commented the crime with three other former officers. Uh, I'm probably about to mess up a couple names, but... Uh, uh, Toy Tayo, J. Alexander Queen, and Thomas Lane. Yeah, I probably just messed those up. But who were seen on the viral video assisting in the arrest? They are to be tried in March 2022. On Friday, protesters shouted one down, three to go. Ben Crump, an attorney for Floyd family, said the case 
could be watershed moment. And from my understanding, Ben Crump is somebody that actually makes a lot of deals. He's um he's more about getting money than getting justice from what a lot of people are claiming. Um, today represents an opportunity to be a turning point in America, he said at a news conference. This is the biggest sentence that a police officer has been sent sentenced to in the state of Minnesota. Chafin's defense attorney Eric Nelson had asked the court in a June 2nd memo to sentence his client to probation. Nelson asked the court to look beyond its findings to his background, his lack of criminal history, his amenability to probation, to the unusual facts of this case, and to his being a product of a broken system. <laughs> oh, sorry, I just got a text. Nelson also laid the groundwork for a potential appeal moments after jurors went into deliberation. April 20th, Nelson pleaded with Cahill to declare a mistrial, pointing to the public contest, including comments from U.S. To declare mistrial pointing to the public context, including comments from U.S. Representative Max, Maxine Waters, in which she urged protesters to get more confrontational. If Shaven wasn't convicted, Cahill den denied Nelson's bid, but acknowledged the defense may have grounds for an appeal. Uh, national matter. Friday's sentence is a mere beginning. National NAACP President Derek Johnson said in prepared statement. While George Floyd's murder was held accountable in court, we know that no amount of jail time is going to bring Guyana Floyd's fathers back. Johnson said, legalization is urgently needed to ensure that what happened to George Floyd over a year ago will not happen again a year from now and devastate another family. We need a federal standard in policing to protect the lives of those after Target. I've heard different people saying we need to federalize the police force. I'm like, um, okay, but would that really change anything? Um, because from my understanding, the FBI has said that law enforcement has been infiltrated. So, yeah. Um, something else, uh, when it comes to Juneteenth, I've heard a lot of right-wing radio hosts talking about Juneteenth will not take the place of July the 4th. I'm like, huh? It's like, I don't know. They just can't stop being racist for some reason. The right-wingers just, they're entrenched in their racist values, it would seem. Um, so it's interesting. A lot of interesting stuff going on in America right now. And President Joe Biden still hasn't gotten a lot of the big stuff passed. And looks like their excuse is it's the filibuster. The filibuster is stopping things from happening. And if that is the case, something needs to be done about it. Something needs to be done about the court. There are a lot of conservatives on the Supreme Court. Um, and I've been hearing a lot of from the Democrats, it isn't all Democrats, but some Democrats have been talking about working in a bipartisan fashion. 
But if one side is supporting white supremacy, how can you actually work in a bipartisan way? You can't unless you're for white supremacy. And so when I see Democrats talking about working bipartisan um, in a part bipartisan way, it's like, are you serious right now? You do not want to be seen, especially with 2022 right around the corner. Um, you don't want to be seen working with the Republicans, looking like y'all both working together. Um, because a lot of people already think that it's a one-party system. And so that is not the reputation you want flowing around. At least I don't think that's what they want. But, hey, it is what it is. Um, what else I need to talk about, man? Wow. Oh. Let me see, can I find something on it real quick? But a socialist just want the mayor, um, just became mayor in Buffalo, New York. And that's where uh, my friend Duncan Kurtwood is at too, over in Buffalo. But a socialist just want, I don't think he's a socialist by the way, but a socialist just want the mayorship in Buffalo, New York. Um, what is her name? Her name is India Walton, and she defeats Buffalo four-time mayor. I've actually said this before, right? Because I'm, I'm more for a hybrid system, but I do believe that we need more socialism at this moment. At this particular time in America, socialism is needed because there's too much capitalism. Now, I know some capitalists would hate me for saying such a thing, right? Because some pure capitalists, right, pure capitalists, like the free market is everything, but the free market also leaves a lot of people homeless. The free market causes an oligarchy, which is kind of what we have right now in America, even though nobody will admit it, but we do have an oligarchy, you could say, in America. Um, socialist candidate India Walton defeats Buffalo four-time mayor. She's 39, will become the first socialist mayor of a large American city since 1960 if she wins a general election in November. A socialist candidate defeated the city's four-time mayor in a major upset in Tuesday's Democratic primary. Um, so Buffalo is more liberal than New York, it would seem. India B. Walton beat mayor Byron Brown, 52% um, to 45% with 100% of precincts reporting. The Associated Press called the race late Wednesday morning. I believe we won because we organized. We have a message of care, love, and hope that is resonant with working class. Buffalo Walton told MSNBC's Amen. Alman Mohandan, yeah, I just messed up their, their name, whoever this is, sorry about that, on Wednesday. If Walton 39 wins the general election in November, she will become the first socialist mayor of a large American city since 1960, when Frank 
Zenderler left office in Milwaukee. Her chances of winning are high since Buffalo hasn't had a Republican mayor since 1965. I think in a lot of places in New York, you won't find Republicans anywhere, right? And I think the conservative party is just, they're disappearing. And the reason is because they haven't, they haven't created created anything new. They haven't been inclusive. It's been a, basically a white party, basically. Um, a lot of their standards is basically keep everything the same. Um, they're not for change, right? Even though America needs change, a lot of the values that America has to has confessed or professed to claim or to stand for, they haven't actually done it. Um, blacks have been getting slaughtered. Um, and I still, I know people don't want me to, or some black people don't like me to talk about this, but Martin Luther King led us into a trap, you know? Um, we no longer have businesses even though there's more, there's some smaller businesses out there, but we got to grow those. Um, Martin Luther King didn't understand economics is basically what I tell people. If he would have understood economics, he would have understood he was being manipulated down the wrong path. And the one who had the correct strategy was Malcolm X. But a lot of blacks kind of they followed Martin Luther King because he held the Bible. And Malcolm X was Muslim. And so a lot of black people have been taught, you know, Christianity is everything. I'm not going to get into all that uh, religious stuff. Um, basically, there's a lot of religions out there now. Um, I was raised Christian myself, you know. But there are a lot of religions out there. And that's all I'm going to say for now. There's a lot of religions out there. But let me get to the victory is ours. It is the first of many, she said. Um, <clears throat> Walton called her mother by phone and was seen in a video recorded by Buffalo News celebrating mommy. I want mommy. I'm the mayor of Buffalo. Well, not until January, but yeah. Uh, Brown 62 did not concede Tuesday night, saying the race was too close to call. He said it served as Buffalo's mayor since 2006 and previously was chair of the New York Democratic Party and a member of the state's legislature. The Buffalo News reported he's weighing a right-in campaign against Walton. There is no Republican candidate in the race, Walton told. MSNBC that if elected in the fall, her priority is putting resources in the neighborhoods and really tackling the issue of poverty. Buffalo is the third poorest city of our size in the country. It is unacceptable. Mm -hmm. Okay, so That is what's up. Uh, 
Let me see. Anything else I want to discuss real quick? John McAfee wife denied husband was suicidal blames US charges for his death. John McAfee's wife Janice McAfee spoke about her husband's death saying he was not suicidal and blamed US authorities politically motivated charges for his death. McAfee McAfee was found dead of apparent suicide after a Spanish court authorized his extradition to the US. Okay, now, first of all, this article has a black woman. Is Oh, John McAfee is the, um, the founder of uh, McAfee, the um, antivirus company. Um, hold on, let me see something real quick. Yeah, it looks like he was married to a black woman. Interesting. Um, anyway. Yeah, so John McAfee dies. Um, he was in prison. And they saying it was suicide. But you know how that goes. Um. Anyway, that's all I'm going to discuss today, man. Um. Oh, let me see something real quick about this infrastructure bill. Did that actually get passed? Or what's going on with it? Let me see. Uh, I see somebody's asking why a fourth stimulus check is not included in the bipartisan infrastructure bill. Okay, so they're not pitting a fourth. So they're not giving out another stimulus check, it seems. See, Biden really isn't a real, uh, he's not to the left. Like He's really more to the middle. I think so. Yeah, I wonder what his next moves are, but he's not getting a lot of stuff passed, like the big stuff, at least not yet. Let me see what it says on this though. Uh, Biden reiterates support for the bipartisan infrastructure bill, clarifies he did not issue a veto threat. Mm-hmm. Okay, understandable upset. President Joe Biden on Saturday said he doesn't plan to veto a bipartisan infrastructure bill if it comes without a reconciliation package, walking back a declaration last week that he would refuse to sign unless the two bills came in tandem. Mm-hmm. 
The comment angered some Republican lawmakers, including Senator Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, who said the president was threatening to veto the bipartisan deal in remarks on the Senate floor on Thursday. So it looks like Biden is starting to go back to the middle, which is a bad sign for the people on the left, the progressives. Um, that statement is understandable, upset some Republicans who did not see the two plans as linked. The president said in a statement, my comments also created the impression that I was issuing a veto threat on the very plan I had just agreed to, which was certainly not my intent. Um, a bipartisan group of lawmakers closed the deal on infrastructure initiative Thursday following weeks of negotiations to craft a package that could not that could get through Congress with Republican and Democratic support. The framework will include $579 billion in new spending to improve the country's roads, bridges, and broadband. The second bill will include funding for Democrat-backed issues like climate change, uh, child care, health care, and education, issues that administration officials have called human infrastructure. It would be passed through a Senate process called reconstruction. Ah, Tom towards the reconciliation. Reconciliation, there it is, which doesn't require Republican votes. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, on Calif Democrat for California, on Thursday morning said the House would not take up either piece of legislation until both are passed through the Senate. Democrats can't lose a single vote on a reconciliation bill in the evenly split chamber. Uh-huh. Biden said he will ask Senator Majority Leader Chuck Schumer uh, to schedule the infrastructure plan and a reconciliation bill for action in the Senate and expects them both to go to the House. Ultimately, I am confident that the Congress will get both to my desk so I can sign each bill promptly, Biden said. Uh-huh. So, there is no stimulus yet. So, maybe the Democrats think the economy is okay now, right? Maybe the pandemic is over. Even though I'm sure, I just read that the CDC said, keep wearing your mask. Um because some people are actually still catching it. Some people are still passing away, right? What the vaccine does, right, from my understanding, it doesn't actually stop you from getting it, right? It just, it helps makes the, sim the symptoms less, less severe. So getting the vaccine when you get it right, you still can catch the coronavirus. What the vaccine is supposed to do is just make the symptoms less severe. That's basically all it all it's doing. But I've seen a couple articles where some people' immune systems are overreacting to the vaccine. 
I've heard about that. Um, so this, these are just different articles that I've been reading, right? So it's pretty crazy out here. Anyway, I'll talk to y'all next time on the outlet.